Insurance Post recently conducted a survey in association with LexisNexis Risk Solutions to get an overview on motor pricing trends and the impact the current economic climate has had on consumer behaviour. The results of this have just been published in print and online at www.postonline.co.uk. But to get a deeper understanding of the findings and trends, I'm delighted to welcome you to the first of a two-part podcast series where I'm joined by Consumer Intelligence Founder and CEO Ian Hughes and LexisNexis Risk Solutions Senior Director of Personal Lines, Martin Matthews, to discuss some of the themes the research teased out. Welcome both of you. Hi. Hi, Jonathan. So if I can first of all come to you, Ian, can I ask, how do you think the last 12 months have impacted consumer behaviour when it comes to insurance? I think what we've seen is a really interesting linkage between uh, social anxiety and people shopping around for insurance, which is kind of weird. Um, But almost instantaneously, every time there's been a lockdown, anxiety levels have risen and numbers of people going for quotes and even switching insurance has dropped. Um, And that's been a a massive change uh, during this 12 month period. It'll be interesting to see how that then plays out going forward. I think the thing we're seeing very recently this year is uh, people are not spending as much time shopping for insurance. They're not working as hard to get deals as they were doing before. And that's what I'm still trying to work through is whether that's consumer behavior caused by pandemic or if that's because we're beginning to see the first sort of playthrough of the general insurance pricing practices paper, which has kind of skewed things since last September as well. Martin. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, look, we've seen seismic change really in, in uh, consumer behaviours in the last 12 months. But I think consumers have greater expectation now on what they expect with things in a digital environment. So consumers just expect things to work. Um, so you don't have to look too far to see which kind of e-commerce sites have worked really well during the lockdown period. And I think that's starting to flow through to insurance as well. So the process of how consumers buy insurance, about how that policy uh, is administered and what happens at, at claim as well. Um, and we see, you know, this expectation is growing that that it is a digital product and that the process of buying it goes goes beyond just being about, you know, a, a legally mandated product to a, to a really uh, valued and, and trusted service. And I think that will continue actually over the next uh, 12 to 24 months as well. So touching on the research and an issue that Ian has already mentioned, the research did suggest that the measures proposed by the Financial Conduct Authority following its market study on general insurance pricing practices will have a moderate impact on the way insurers operate. Do you agree with that? And what do you think is the biggest challenge insurers face here? I'll come to you on that first of all, Martin. Uh, well, I think the, the research itself was was interesting in the sense that the answers, there was a polarisation really. So just over half people thought that um, the impacts would be uh, neutral or, or, or not not as impactful as perhaps you might think, whereas the, the rest did thought there might be a very high high level of impact. Um, I, I certainly believe there will be um, a high level of impact. And one of the areas that we see as being a, a significant challenge at the moment is, is around legacy technology and data platforms. So, you know, how can you ensure that you are um, applying the rules that are associated with this this uh, ruling if you don't understand uh, for example the customer um, who, who you're quoting for so for example if one of your customers comes through a, a shopping channel um, you need to price that accordingly you need to understand that that's a customer and make sure that 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 pricing and the product is, is appropriate but if you because of legacy technology and data if you don't understand that that is your customer how can you possibly do that 
um, and that then can cause a skew in your uh, in your risk management. So um, we, we see this technology as, as being a big issue, but but I would certainly say in general terms, I was I was surprised at how many people thought that the impact wouldn't be quite as great as um, as I believe it will be. But interested in your view on that as well, Ian. Yeah, I mean, I, for me, I'm really clear. This is seismic, right? So there has been a massive, like almost San Andreas fault line driven through the industry. And, you know, the, the, first, the first tsunami that comes from that earthquake is generally the, is the renewal pricing, the new, new business versus renewal business pricing. But that's just, that's just a wave. That's just wave one. If you then follow through what we're seeing on the fair value side of things, and we saw, you know, the FCA just talking in the last couple of weeks around bringing fair value into the, the commercial insurance market when they were looking at the flats and land on insurance. And now they're, they're also talking about, you know, these new customer measures that they're bringing in as well. This, you, you need to be really clear. If you don't think that this is a big change, you're wrong because, Lloyds Bank just got fined, I don't know what it was, 86 million last year. Barclays was fined 26 million for whatever, for, for not adopting customer-led fair value uh, uh, measures. And this is coming to the insurance industry, as are those fines. So this, this is seismic, it's an earthquake, and it's going to keep rumbling for a long time yet. I have to say, I, I was also quite surprised by that finding as well, <laughs> Martin and Ian. So, uh, yeah, we, we will see uh, um, what, what the impact is. I, I mean, something else that's also been talked about is um, the usage-based insurance. Do you think there is more interest in, in UBI among consumers? And if so, why do you think that is, Ian? I, in simple terms, their cars have been off the road for most of last year. So they're looking at it and going, well, I paid a load of insurance for something that I haven't been using. And I don't think so. You know, consumers haven't really grasped that you, your insurance is not just for when you're driving the car, it's for when you're not driving the car as well. But I think the usage of vehicles has changed. One of the things we're, we're also looking at right now is how with changing uh, patterns of commuting, with changing patterns of vehicle usage, how that's changing as well. We've noticed that how people, where people are working and how people are getting to the office is changing. Car sharing is going down. You know, potentially using public transport might be going down because people are concerned about catching things and therefore more people buying second vehicles. So real changes coming through. So and, and you've also seen a lot of companies take advantage of the opportunities. You know, the Buy Miles of the world, Hastings have launched the U Drive products. You've seen a load of product launch across the course of the last 12 months. So those two things feel like that we're seeing a tipping point for usage-based insurance. You know. Um, telematics has been around for over a decade, right? It's the same basic thing, but this is a repackaging of that proposition for a new uh, new user need. Martin? Yeah, I completely agree with Ian, actually, but just to expand on um, perhaps a, a couple of points, two things really. Um, firstly, the, the cost of the technology associated with administering this type of policy has fallen as well now. So, you know, even in um, traditional telematics sense, there's still a cost associated with with putting a, a piece of technology into a vehicle. Um, so the advent of connected car where that technology is more readily available, um, creating a lower cost of entry means that insure, more insurers can afford to start to offer uh, these sorts of products, make them more mass market as opposed to, to being um, just about the young driver. Um, but I think from an attitude perspective, consumer attitudes are changing as well. Uh, so we're seeing that more more consumers are prepared to um, you know share data, whether that be you know via 
technology in return for a tangible benefit and that would normally be a, be a lower cost so there was a um, there was a PwC report actually I think that said that 68% of people would consider having uh, a device in either the home or the vehicle um, in return for, for some sort of benefit on their insurance policy. We did some research and got that slightly higher actually it's about 75% so I think when you overlay that, that consumer, changing consumer attitude with the cost of the technology and the economic landscape that Ian, Ian talked about it's, it's kind of easy to see why these sorts of the policies are, are growing in popularity um, and I think again we'll continue to do so into the future as well and, and how you buy your insurance it won't necessarily be, always be about a 12-month um, policy in motor I think this consumer convenience and needing a policy that most more closely fits your individual needs um, that, that situation will continue to grow. Yeah. Ian and Martin thank you very much for your time. I'd just like to remind you all to keep uh, an ear out for the second part of this podcast, which will be coming very soon. And again, if you want to catch up on the LexisNexis Risk Solutions research, check it out in print and online at www.postonline.co.uk. That's all for me. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.